Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. And you got the other guy doing his thing today, Mr. James. <laughs> That's it. And his first all-star appearance, When I started playing the game, I was like, I hope I'll get an opportunity to play on that floor during all-star weekend. And for me to be here around the guys that you just love, I'm just very humble, very blessed. We have the world's best. There's no stage like this stage. This is it. It's showtime. We're here live in the flesh, baby. Oh, This is it, mano a mano, the best of the best, and everybody's watching. What a show! It's time to go, baby. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by GoDaddy. Indianapolis, it is a basketball town, and this weekend they are the center of the NBA world. I mean, take a look at this. Even the airport is decked out. That is a full-sized basketball court in the middle of the concourse, and we are coming at you live from Lucas Oil Stadium, home of the Indianapolis Colts. Tonight's all-star festivities, what you're looking at right there, that's when the NBA will unveil a brand new LED court. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by GoDaddy, alongside our senior writer, Adrian Wojnarowski, Kendrick Perkins, and look who is with us today, Pelicans guard, ESPN analyst, CJ McCollum is in the house. This is how you know it is going to be a big show, my friends. Before we get into the inaugural All-Star Weekend in Indianapolis, the first since 1985, we've got to show you what went down in the final night of the first half of the NBA season. Specifically, we need to get into Clay Thompson, who was in Salt Lake City, the site of last year's All-Star Weekend. Kendrick Perkins, this is how it went down. Clay Thompson, he came off the bench for the first time since March 11th, 2000. 12. First quarter here, Clay Thompson takes a little catch and shoot three, makes it. His mama called him Clay, I'ma call him Clay. And look, this was motivation for Clay Thompson, right? And, and good motivation, right? Coming in off the bench, not hanging his head, showing true professionalism and getting buckets. We all know Clay was destined for one of these moments. But yeah. the fact that he put his mind right and came out and was lighting Utah up last night was a beautiful thing to see. He had 10 points in the first quarter, and then he had 17 in the first half. He just kept it going into the third, too. Clay Thompson, another pull-up three here. Then Clay, oh, got another one, Perk. Absolutely. And look, all types of action, using the pick and roll, the pump fake. Look at Clay flexing right there. Good for him. 35 points through three quarters for Clay, but this one would come down to the wire. 10 seconds to go here. Lowry marking in from the corner. That one, no good. John Collins. Watch him here. He's able to secure the rebound, but then where's he going? He throws it into the fifth row. I started ducking. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, the Golden State the Warriors, they played in some close games this <laughs> season, so everyone was sort of on the edge of their seat in this one. But Utah had one final chance to send it to overtime, couldn't quite get it to go. That would be the end of this one. 
Clay Thompson has a season high off the bench. Here's what he had to say about that you know, after the game. You can do two things. You can pout or you can go out there and respond. And I thought I did the latter very well tonight. I mean, I deserved it, really. I didn't, didn't respond to the not playing at the end of the game well last night. I kind of took it out on the assistant coaches, and I apologized to those guys before the game. And I think that really let uh, my guard down and let me just be myself out there. It's been a tricky season for him and for us. Um, there's a lot of transition happening. Some of our younger guys are coming on. Um, it's not as easy to do you know, what Clay did five, six years ago for him. Um, I think this could be a, you know, a good, good balance to, to, to get the best out of Clay and to get the best uh, out of our team. So Clay played in his first game as a reserve in nearly 12 years, but he more than made up for that, right? His 35 points against the Jazz, it was a season high for Clay. It was also the most points he scored in any game off the bench because before last night, he'd never even reached the 20 point mark as a reserve. So there's been so much made, CJ, about the two timelines, right, of Golden State. Yeah. Now you're seeing Brandon Pajemski get the start. You're seeing Jonathan Kaminga get the start over Clay Thompson. What was your reaction to seeing this? I was very surprised to see him coming off the bench, especially considering the timing of it. With yeah. All-Star break coming up, we're about to get essentially a week off from basketball where you're able to relax your mind, get away from the game, see family, play with your dog, do all the things that make you happy before you go into this 26-game sprint. So the timing was very interesting, and I think what was pleasant was a pleasant surprise was how he responded to it. Yeah. Being a professional, having not come off the bench since 2012, being a Hall of Famer, a guy with multiple rings, a guy who's been a part of a dynasty to accept that and to not pout and whine about it, although I'm sure he wasn't happy. He went out and responded with 35 points. I think this is a lesson for a lot of young players in the league, but I think it was also maybe a little bit of manipulation by the Warriors to kind of see where he was at and to see how he would respond. And maybe this is something that continues to go on in the future. Maybe it's not, but I was definitely surprised um, that they decided to do that right before the All-Star break. <clears throat> it's not one other player in the league that's had to deal with Klay Thompson had to deal with over the last three years. Mm. The emotional roller coaster, right? The ride, the injuries, coming back, trying to find his rhythm. All of a sudden, not really getting his rhythm, not being the Clay of old, having to deal with being big in the fourth quarter and then you look at it last night his first time coming off the bench since 2012 and when I think about Clay I think about Steph and I think about Draymond Green right this is when Clay needs them the most this is when they have to elevate their leadership because you know why you see this right here no matter how old you get right if you're a veteran you always need a shoulder to lean on, right? And so well, I feel like- What's the analogy like, we're trying I, I'm, to make? You're saying I'm really old. <laughs> no, Woj, oh. you're my big brother. So I'm, but what I'm saying is, no matter if Clay's a vet and he's a true professional, yeah. right? Like, this is the time for Steph and Clay to be, I mean, Steph and Draymond to be in his, in his life, basketball life even more, because they're going to need him down the line. Yeah. Uh, CJ mentioned the idea of uh, benching a player right before the All-Star break where he has a week to ruminate about this, to think about this. And I think if he had not played well last night, there's no question that might be how he's feeling. But I was told the fact that he played so well, yeah. that he felt like he got back on track, that was the sense he was leaving uh, for All-Star break with, not necessarily the idea that they're now bringing him off the bench and they'll probably continue to. He wants to play well, he wants to get this team back on track. And that starts with Klay Thompson. They need him to play well. Uh, he did last night, and I think for him, 
think he'll live with this role yeah. uh, and an opportunity to see if this is a way to jumpstart his season. Right, because we've seen Clay Thompson have sticky starts to his season, especially struggling to shoot a little bit before, and he always kind of gets himself out of it. The questions just started to linger a little bit longer this year as we continue to see those lows pile on. Perk, if he doesn't, he already wasn't closing many games, and we saw when he did the other night when he committed that costly foul against the Clippers, and we saw the frustration from Steve Kerr on that one. So he wasn't closing in several games for the Golden State Warriors. Now he's not starting. It's not necessarily that this is going to be a forever move, but if he's not starting and not closing, what are you thinking about that? Well, I think I think it's all about Clay finding his rhythm. Yep. And I thought this was a great strategic move by Steve Kerr and his coaching staff and saying, okay, look, we're trying to get you going. Right now, we're going to run the offense through Steph Curry, and our second option is Jonathan Kaminga. So how can we get Clay going? Yeah. Let's bring him in off the bench. Let's run him in some you know, screen and roll action. Let's get his confidence going. Right. And like Steve Kerr said, though, he said in many interviews, Clay will have his moments where he actually closed games for us. And I believe him on that. I just feel like he, right now, they just need to stay focused on building his confidence. Right, and potentially this is the first step in that. Before we move on, Woj, just I, I, I'm sure that as he doesn't have a long-term commitment right now in place with Golden State, moving to the bench, his role changing a little bit, that certainly brings that back into question. What more can you tell us? My sense for Clay Thompson, when he gets into free agency, his focus on where he plays next, whether that's re-upping in Golden State or going elsewhere, is more than more perhaps than the money is what's the best basketball fit mm. where does he feel needed where does he feel there's opportunity now money always plays into this but listen he had uh, an extension on the table earlier in the season in Golden State uh, that I think he thought he could outperform this season there are teams who positionally you know want players like Klay Thompson veteran you know, two-way shooting guards who yep. are going to have cap space. So he'll have some options this summer, but so much of this is going to, I think, come down to certainly those relationships in Golden State, this group that has been together. Can they keep this together, and can they keep us together at a significant discount, perhaps, uh, for some of this group? But I think for Clay Thompson, the better he plays now, the more options he's going to open up for himself in the offseason. And you have to imagine, I mean, this is kind of what we were talking about before the show. Clay's made a lot of money in his career. It could down, come down to what does he really want, CJ? Yeah, I think it's going to come down to how he wants to be remembered. Does he want to yeah. be a lifelong Golden State Warrior? And that's a question that he's going to have to ask himself. Obviously, the contract situation, his role, the mental frustration and the battles that he's gone through throughout the season, the ebbs and flows of performance are going to play a factor. But there's still a lot of basketball to be played, 26 games left. They can position themselves to either make the playoffs or make a run in the play. And I mm -hmm. think how the end of the season goes will dictate his mentality and his mindset. And if they leave too sour of a taste in his mouth, you could see him leaving to opt out uh, for maybe somewhere where he feels he can be better utilized, better fit, and a fresh start. I'm not saying that he should do that. I'm yeah. saying that he has to figure out what he wants most because he's a Hall of Famer, one of the greatest basketball players, one of the greatest shooters to ever touch a basketball. And he could retire tomorrow and be happy, but I think that he has a lot of basketball that left that he wants to prove to himself right. and to others. Well, and right now it's the All-Star break, so everyone can just take a little bit of an exhale on all this. The Golden State Warriors can take a little bit of a break, except for the ones who are showing up here in Indianapolis. We have a lot to get you on our show live from All-Star Weekend. Coming up, we've heard Giannis call out his team before, but last night it really was an all-timer what the Bucks star said and why his teammates
better pay attention. And Victor Wembanyama has certainly lived up to the hype early in his NBA career. So what does he think is his most impressive moment to date? Hey, Perk, don't worry. He's going to tell us right here on NBA Today. Plus, CJ, he gets to watch Zion Williamson play every day. So what is the ceiling for the still young Pelican star? Keep it here. Find out. You're watching NBA Today live from Indianapolis. I'm Ms. Victor. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. NBA Today is presented by GoDaddy. Tools and support for every small business first. Welcome back to NBA Today, live from All-Star Weekend, here with Perk, with Woj, with CJ McCollum. And Perk, earlier this week, what did you call the Milwaukee Bucks? You called them... Pretenders. You called them pretenders. And so yeah. I'm guessing that last night didn't do anything to change your mind, to well, change I mean, your well, I mean, it just stamped my point again. Oh, you know it stamped your point again. All right, let's show you exactly what we're talking about. Because the Memphis Grizzlies, they are depleted. Giannis is entering Thursday, averaging just under 31 points a game on 61% shooting going into the All-Star break. But this was closer than you'd expect, particularly against Memphis down the stretch here, Perk. It was, but this is the prime example why you have to respect your opponent. Those guys, G.G. Jackson and Vince Williams, they lace up their shoes just like anyone else. So, you know, you walk in with that cocky, arrogant attitude, and guess what end up happening? This. Gigi <laughs> Jackson knocks one down in the corner. So this one went back and forth. CJ Grizzlies back in front here. And I, the Grizzlies fans starting to get back yeah, excited but, but about this. But how are you giving that up at that point of the time, at that point of the game? How are you giving up a lot? It's just, that's the Bucks. But the Milwaukee Bucks giving themselves a chance here as Malik Beasley hits that shot. But watch here. Damian Lillard tries to hold on to the ball. Can't quite. Back and forth it goes. Dame somehow secures it back. Tosses it up. We've seen him make that shot before can't quite get it to fall let's take a listen to a frustrated doc rivers after the guy game. drives uh we have to help leads to a three we come back in this uh on our set uh two guys forget what we're running uh then we miss the shot and then nobody gets back that's how we start out the third quarter that tells you all you need to know about where our heads were um you know um we, we had some guys here and we had some guys in Cabo. 
So after the game, Giannis didn't hold back talking to Eric Name, saying in part, there's so many things that we have to do in order for us to be better. And it starts with, we have to want it. Like enough with the talking, enough with the, mm, our stuff don't stink mentality. Do we really want it? Are we putting in the work? Guys are tired. That's an excuse. New coach, excuse. New system, excuse. New defense, excuse. All of it, it's an excuse. We are not on the track of what we are trying to do. And I feel like the team feels it, the team feels it, and I feel it. Whew. All right, so Giannis really not holding back and all that. Perk, what do you make of his post-game comments? Well, what's Giannis' excuse? Because at the end of the day, we know that he's going to be a guy that's going to go out there and give you 30. We know that he's going to be in the MVP conversation. But Giannis is also a player that every single season for the last four seasons has not only one defensive player of the year, but has been in the conversation. Do you know since November he's averaging less than a block a game? Giannis Antetokounmpo, the most dominant player in the game today is averaging since November less than one block a game. That's unacceptable. So it starts with him. When I think of Giannis and I think of Anthony Davis, I think of two of the uh, most you know dominant bigs defensively that could guard the perimeter and protect the basket. He hasn't done it. So and before you start calling out everybody else, Right, you got to make sure that you hold yourself accountable and do what you need to do and lead by example. I think historically the best leaders in sports start with themselves first, like looking from within, how can I be better? Obviously he's playing at an incredibly high level. He's efficient, he's effective around the basket, he's shooting about 30% from three, he's getting to the free throw line, but it's like, what can I do? How can I win within the margins to help this team? So I think that's the mentality I have to take. Obviously, the pairing of him and Dame has to be better. They're, the way they play off of each other has to be better. to know this. Exactly, right? They have, to, they have to be able to play off each other better. And I think for Doc, it's about figuring out the rotation, figuring out substitution patterns, to figure out how to allow them to be their best selves in terms of usage, in terms of pick and rolls, in terms of where they're scoring out on the court. I think all those things are going to be important for their success. And then the last part is chemistry and cohesiveness. They have championship aspirations, right? They want to win a championship badly. But the things you have to do in order to win a championship are done behind closed doors. The dinners, right? Walking through plays together, walking mm -hmm. through spacing together, and then beating teams like the Memphis Grizzlies who are very injured are, are, are part of that process. And I think right now, this break is coming at the perfect time for them. It is hard to win in the NBA with instability. And this is a team that went from Mike Budenholzer to Adrian Griffin to Doc Rivers and almost a historically short window. Yeah. And it is hard to just think that all of a sudden Doc Rivers was gonna walk in uh, with no practice time, with no training camp, uh, with somebody else's staff and running his own guys in uh, who, you know, who weren't in the league uh, this year, who had been with him previously. And all of a sudden, you're just gonna start getting back on another run in Milwaukee. And uh, that is so much of their situation. And structurally, and we could talk about for everything that was put on Adrian Griffin, about how bad they were defensively, this team was going to be worse defensively. They were built to be worse defensively. And so I think you've seen it kind of go up and tick off defensively since Doc Rivers has come in, but offensively they've dipped again. And CJ said it, so much of this is around the Giannis-Dame dynamic because until those two are really connected, yeah. the rest of it is not going to follow in Milwaukee. Yeah, but they still have their core. 
Like they still Yeah, have but their core I mean Brooke is older, holiday. Chris is older and more injured. Dame and Yanni I, I I spoke with Dame before and I, I don't mean to cut you off, Perk. I, I'm very curious your thoughts on this. I spoke to Dame before the, the return game back to, to Portland where you and, and Damian Lillard shared the floor for eight seasons together. Um and I asked him about playing with Giannis, and he said that if he could have picked anybody in the league that he felt like his skill set best complemented, it would have been Giannis Antetokounmpo. So even he was a little bit surprised that they haven't gelled together as quickly as he imagined. But 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 look over the last week, the last three games. Okay. You cannot have an impressive win against the defending champs. Yeah, that was. And then impressive. get stomped out the next night by the Miami Heat without Jimmy Butler, and then all of a sudden go into Memphis and catch a spanking with a Louis belt. That's not how it goes. And so when I'm looking at it right now, yes, okay, they missed Drew Holiday. We get that. But Bobby Portis was there when they won the championship. Brooke Lopez was there when they won the championship. Giannis Antetokounmpo was there when they won the championship. And Chris Middleton. We're not talking about young guys. We're talking about seasoned vets that knows what it takes to get it done. Like Doc Rivers, yes, he has to come in with Dave Yoga and Dave Yeager and impose their will on the coaching right in their system. But at the end of the day. It shouldn't be that damn hard when you're talking about Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo getting it done in the two-man game. And Giannis is going to have to sacrifice a little bit more. And I've been saying this. At some point, Doc is going to have to take a page out of Darvin Ham book and put him at the, and put Giannis at the center position like he's doing Anthony Davis and demand that he plays that role. Oh, and, you know, we have seen many teams maybe have to at least one eye on everything that's happening in Milwaukee, just wondering if there could be any dominoes that fall in the future. There still is plenty of time for Milwaukee to figure this out, but it's another team, and it's like, okay, all-star break. It's a good thing we're here. Uh, Woj, before we go to break, since we're in the Eastern Conference and Perk mentioned the Miami Heat, you have some news out of the buyout market. Yeah, uh, DeLon Wright, Washington's guard has agreed to a contract buyout with the Wizards and that's going to clear the way I'm told uh, by his agent Greg Lawrence for him to go to the Miami Heat so this brings in another veteran rotational player for the Heat they've had some injuries in that backcourt and now DeLon Wright joins them he's eligible to be on their playoff roster Never count out the Miami Heat. This and is something we know. Never count out Woj breaking news. <laughs> I know, on literally TV. live on television. All right, Giannis may be one of the best basketball players in the world. The Miami Heat have proven that you can never count them out. But you know who I am truly never counting out is Caitlin Clark, potentially the biggest star right now in the Midwest. Clark entered last night just eight points away from breaking Kelsey Plum's scoring record, and she got there in no time at all. She scored the first eight points, capped off by this logo. Three. She was far from done, CJ. She poured in a school record 49 points. I mean, what? She's the truth. She's the truth, honestly. I look at the skill set. I look at the elite conditioning, the ability to shoot off the bounce with range, get to the cup. To score 49 points is really impressive. But then to be able to, to get assists, keep your teammates involved, allow them to take part in your success just kind of shows her greatness. Indiana's WNBA team, who has the number one pick of the draft, mm. they may need to move these games over to the Dome <laughs> yeah. for the crowds they're going to have for right. Kate Clark. Yeah. Well, because Clark has the Division One women's record and is about three games shy of reaching the overall Division One record that's held by Pistol Pete. And from there, Clark can set the all-time collegiate record by passing Hall of Famers Pearl Moore and Lynette Woodard, who played in an era prior to the NCAA recognizing women's sports. So this is talking about greatness here. 
across gender lines. This is greatness and this is history. Coming up on NBA Today, among the many things that Victor Wembanyama has done, he's already given himself a little nickname perk. Can what you guess is? what it is? He's going to tell us coming up here on NBA Today. And are the numbers Wemby has been putting up enough to lock in Rookie of the Year? Well, Chet Holmgren, we speak with him as well in a matter of minutes. Plus, is Zion the Pelicans factor that will make or break their postseason push? It's a good thing we have CJ McCollum here to talk about it. There's no one better. You're watching NBA Today live from Indianapolis. I know you to tell the truth. <laughs> Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by GoDaddy. Victor Wembanyama came into the league as perhaps the most highly touted prospect ever. And the start to his rookie season, it's surely lived up to the billing, leading all rookies in points, in rebounds, in blocks, and triple doubles. Now, Victor is playing in the Rising Stars game tonight here at NBA All-Star Weekend, and I spoke with him just a few hours ago. We have so much fun sitting and watching you. I hope. <laughs> the other game, you had 10 blocks against the Toronto Raptors. Do you have a favorite moment of your career so far? Um, yeah. I mean, the first triple-double was pretty nice, mm -hmm. you know. But um, I have, I've had plenty, honestly. This is why it's, it's, a, it's a good season, you know. You were, it looked like you were hunting that 10th block. It was like you were waiting for it. Yeah. You were tracking it. You were, <laughs> is that what was happening? Yeah, of course. Of course. Like, I mean, but this is this is what I gotta be all the time, you know, tracking and being like a shark. Mm -hmm. This person is the, like, we call it the Batman. I'm trying to be the Batman. It's like covering everybody's back, you know. The Batman. Yeah, the I ba like that. Batman, like Batman. Like Batman, like da na 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 na. Exactly, like pointy ears and pointy ears and everything. Deep voice. Yeah. When was the last time? It feels like every time we see you on the basketball floor, there's something that we've never seen before. But when was the last time you surprised yourself? Last time I surprised myself, I would say it's, you know, um, when on the the sham guard I did. It's uh, so I, I've been working on it, but uh, I was like I was surprised that I could apply it in game and recognize the situation. So quick, because I have, I had, like, I had no hesitation. Did and you watch back the highlight? Yeah, of course. Were you, and you looked back and you said, "All right, I'm pretty good." <laughs> Actually, what I said was, "Yeah, I should have done that. I was trying to, but the momentum was a little bit high." Let's talk about your three-point shooting, because over your last 14 games, you're shooting near 40 percent from three. Is that something you've put a specific effort on? Can you shed some light on that? Yeah, um, I mean, it's one of the aspects I'm, I want to get better, of course. 
I think what's changed is the, the shot selection and also the, um, the rhythm in my shots. Because what's, what's hard for me and what's been hard, you know, long arms, long segments, you know, if I catch the ball and I'm standing up and I'm not ready, you know, I, I won't make the shot. Like, cause it's, I need momentum and if I'm not, so this is why I'm, I'm pretty good when I'm dribbling the ball, you know, pull up threes. But if I get to create my momentum myself by being legs bent and ready to shoot, you know, in rhythm. When you came into the league, you were talked about as the best prospect in NBA history. Is that something you want to be called? Is that something that you think about? Yes and no, because it's a prospect. What's a prospect? It's not really something. It's something that's about to become real, you know. So it's not like a, it's not like a, like a contest, like a winning a championship or something. Being the first overall pick was a, an achievement. And uh, I'm glad, you know, nobody's going to take that away from me. It's on my resume now. But being the best prospect is, it's like, it's not really, it's not really a thing. So it doesn't matter really. I'm trying to be the best uh, in the league now, not in the imaginary of people. I have the potential to, to be the best, so I want to fulfill it. What single player do you face now that you've faced some of the greats that brings the best out of you? You get this opponent and you're like, yeah, I know I'm raising my game. <laughs> I mean, uh, Kevin Durant, you know, playing against him was, I, I did feel spe special. And, um, I mean, yeah, you can just see, I mean, this is, the, this is he's been the, the player I've, I've studied the most over the years, so it's it was just incredible to play against him. Do you have a biggest rival yet? I don't have, a, uh, no, I don't have any rival. There's always the guys who want to dunk on me and who want to destroy me, you know, and the opponent team, and this is, so this is, what I like to emphasize in, in my head, you know, to to make my survival instinct. I mean, I feel like I've got to feel threatened a little bit on the court to, to bring the best. You told me that winning Rookie of the Year, it will come when you do the right things. Mm -hmm. You're focusing on doing the right things on the floor, and you just have this belief that you will be rewarded for that. Do you care about winning Rookie of the Year? Yeah, I do, because it's... Uh, yeah, like you said, it's. Uh, I mean, I'm convinced the best way for me to help my team reach the, the, the best heights is by being a good individual player. You know, um, so uh, of course it's uh, it would be a, a byproduct of of our team progress and also individual progress mm -hmm. throughout the year and growth. So it's uh, it, it is something I care about. You've come in with the face mask a couple different times this season. Is that going to yeah. be the signature look that we're going to start to see from you? I don't know. I mean, it's just it's just style, you know. But uh, it might happen again. But I think every time I've worn a face mask, I went crazy. So <laughs> might want to do it on special occasions. Well, it's not just when he's wearing the face mask. Over the last thirty seasons, Victor is just one of four players to put up numbers like this, and the other three. They're all MVPs and Hall of Famers, but he's not alone in the race for Rookie of the Year. I also caught up with OKC's Chet Holmgren this morning to talk about the award. Oh, you was everywhere. How much would it mean to win Rookie of the Year to you? You know, it'd mean a lot to me personally, just knowing, uh, you know, how much work I've put into everything, uh, getting back healthy, getting back on the court. Yeah. Um, you know, it'd be extremely cool for sure. Two marquee rookies having great seasons. Victor has the advantage in all the major statistical categories, but Chet is headed to the playoffs almost certainly. The Thunder are the second seed in the West, so that was one of the things I wanted to know from Chet is 
does winning matter in this award? And he says, yeah, you know what it is. Wembenyama is the favorite to win Rookie of the Year, but there's a whole lot to consider here, Perk. Who do you have giving the edge here? It's Victor. I mean, and winning does matter to a certain extent, but okay. it's the personnel that's around you, right? She's like, just making a face. I'm just saying, like, Victor had to deal with Sohan playing the point guard the first part of the season. Man, I mean, come on now, let's be real. But what he's doing right now on both ends of the, of the floor, leading the league in block shots, I mean, he's doing it. He just had a damn triple-double with blocks. I'm not taking anything away from Chet Holmgren. But he has an MVP candidate on his team in SGA, a guy that could, another guy in Jalen Williams that could possibly win Rookie of the Year. Victor is doing this all by himself right now, and these numbers are just ridiculous. All by himself. <laughs> See, he's got the memo of the show already. You've actually played against Victor. Like you're the you're the one person that we have had, you know, as an analyst on the show who can speak from that perspective as well. They're both special talents in their own right. Let's yeah. just start with that. Chet's an incredible player, playing on a really good team, mm-hmm. utilized in a completely different manner, whereas he'd probably be able to put up 20 and 10 on a on a different type of team. So let's just start with that. But different for type Victor, of team was a nice way to put that. Type of team. But for Victor, you look at the skill set, the versatility, obviously the ability to shoot off the bounce, block shots, protect the rim, footwork. Um, him coming from Europe has, I think, given him a leg up on the competition in terms of ability to process basketball, understanding how to be a professional, how to take care of his body, all of those things. But I think the cool part about his game is that he hasn't really learned how to play the NBA game yet at a high level in terms of understanding angles, understanding the schedule, understanding referees, how they're going to call games, how he's going to be guarded. He's still learning the NBA game because he's played in Europe throughout his entire career. So I think the heights that he can reach are unlike anything we've probably ever seen. I think we talked Literally. about it as a team. MVP, defensive player of the year, he'll probably have multiples of both at some point. If he continues to grow at this level while staying healthy and putting together um, consecutive seasons of excellence, I, I don't see how that can happen. Question. Who's your rookie of the year? Uh, we know who the rookie of the year is. Uh, <laughs> we all know. We, we both know. And <laughs> <laughs> now we're going to continue saying, well, we can keep talking about Rookie of the Year or we can get to CJ McCollum's Pelicans. Yeah, let's we need get to, to the get meat into that and that a little bit. Because what does Zion Williamson need to do to reclaim his all-star status next season? We're going to ask his teammate, CJ. That's next. Keep it here. You're watching NBA Today. NBA Today is presented by GoDaddy. Tools and support for every small business first. Let's check in on the best in the West. We're heading into the All-Star break on a four-game winning streak. We're talking about the Minnesota Timberwolves, who had a 30-point lead in the first quarter. Roundup beating the Trailblazers 128-91. That's tied for their largest road win in franchise history. Of course, Anthony Edwards, he scored 34 points to lead seven Wolves, who scored in double figures here. So... Timberwolves, they've been in the NBA for 35 seasons. This is the first time they enter the All-Star break leading the Western Conference. That's pretty remarkable. They're led by Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns. The Wolves, they have multiple players selected to the All-Star game for the first time since 2018. So CJ, you've matched up against every single team in the Western Conference. Has Minnesota been the best team that you have faced? No, I think... um... Minnesota's a great team. I think they play extremely well. Great home court advantage. 
a lot of young talent. But in terms of matchups for us, I don't feel like they've been the toughest team to match up against. I think uh, we had more trouble with the Clippers. We had more trouble with the Suns. We had more trouble with Denver in terms of matchups and um, just uh, our lack of ability to execute um, throughout an entire game. Uh, but I think they're a really good team. I think a lot of teams respect them. A lot of players respect them and what they've been able to do from a body of work standpoint. But if I'm just answering your question, it's it's, it's so, not I mean, you just So you you saying you won't smoke with them in the playoffs. That's what you're saying. <laughs> I'm saying there's not a lot of teams that want to play a healthy version of the New Orleans Pelicans, including them. Oh, okay, okay. That's what, Hey, look, hey, look. That's what I like to hear. But listen, when it comes down to Am the Am I lying? Huh? Am I lying? No, you're not lying. And I was telling you this. I was on my Latoya look, and I'm torn between the two of saying whether or not you guys are my sleepers to come out of the West or the Minnesota Timberwolves. How and can I a know, sleeper be the number one? Yeah, but, but because no one believes in them, even Vegas. Right? They're no not a favorite. They're no one. They're not a favorite. But I do believe this, right? I do believe from what they're showing us that they arguably have one of the best starting fives in the game. When I think about, they, they're the only team that has beaten every single contender out there. They beat the they beat the Milwaukee Bucks. They beat the Denver Nuggets. They beat the Boston Celtics. They didn't beat the Clippers. Matter of fact, they own the Clippers. So I'm looking at this young team led by Anthony Edwards, and you know the thing that sticks out to me the most is his leadership, right? And we, we I said this before, CJ, Jimmy Butler couldn't pull what Anthony Edwards is pulling out of Carl Anthony Towns right now on both ends of the floor. Donovan Mitchell couldn't pull with Anthony Edwards is pulling out of Rudy Gobert right now. They're the number one defensive team in the league. They're playing with a dog and killer mentality, and it's led by this young and upcoming superstar and Anthony Edwards that has an old soul. We don't see that a lot around the league. Yeah, but I think Anthony Edwards would be the first person to say that it feels like Cat brings out the best in him. He brings out the best it's in Cat. Leadership, Kat. though, you you know what I'm saying? Sometimes and you got to put the key in their bag. It seems like everybody, sure. it's <laughs> everything I'm just is thinking about. Right the now. conversations that we've had today in terms of leadership and bringing out the best in your teammates and so are you ready to talk about bringing out the best in your teammates because yeah that's let's I'm do ready. it I, I want to take a little bit look of a, the transition. bigger picture thank you I transition. appreciate that CJ <laughs> of the of the Western Conference right now because really there are six teams when we take a look at the top here the Celtics, they have a sizable lead for the top seed in the East. But the West, the top four teams, they're kind of bunched up. The Suns, your Pelicans, they have the same records in the five and six spots. The Suns right now hold the tiebreaker, but you played them a couple bit of more times. You guys won seven of your last eight games to get that tie with Phoenix for the fifth spot. That's despite Zion Williamson struggling a little bit at times, averaging career lows in points and rebounds. But how important is he, the growth you've seen from him in other ways? We were talking about this before. It really impressed me. Yeah, I think you got to throw the stats out the window. Uh, for us in the beginning of the season, it was about health, it's about availability, and us figuring out how to play together consistently as a group. By group, I mean myself, Brandon Ingram, Z. We only played 10 games together last year yeah. as a team. So practices, chemistry, execution, spacing, understanding where guys like the ball at down the stretch of games. Like all those things are important, but you have to play in games to see that. From a growth standpoint, what I like most about what I'm seeing from Z, BI, and our team in general is the accountability we're able to have with each other. We're able to be more vocal. We're able to have those dinners, those hard conversations, the, uh, the curse you out moments where you need to curse somebody out. And the, the, the moments where we're not calling you out, we're calling you up. I think that's a part of it. Mm. And the second part, as a father of two, now you see 
growth, you see maturity in Z, how he approaches the game, understanding the importance of life outside of basketball, understanding that this game is really important and you have mega star, mega superstar talent, but it's about how you approach the game, it's about the little habits and we talked about stacking days, he's been stacking his days, getting his extra conditioning in, eating properly, sleeping properly, we talked about the importance of him being available later in the season, he's doing those things and I say throw the stats out at the beginning because we were figuring out how to utilize this roster, how to utilize this team and his usage was low. His usage is starting to pick up, his conditioning is getting better, we're winning games and now he's ticking up at the right time in terms of yeah. body fat, in terms of conditioning, in terms of how he's being used, in terms of minutes. He's playing back-to-backs now and I think the accountability is there, the understanding of his greatness is there and what he can do for not only himself but for our team in the city of New Orleans. But I think, I think CJ, he has no choice but because you're true you're you're the true definition of a leader and, and a true professional. I'm watching the kid Murphy, he's in great shape. Jose, we know what he he brings to the table. B.I. brings it every night. So if Zion don't follow the lead, he's gonna poke out like a sore thumb. Here's my thing. I know how bad y'all want it for him, but how bad do Zion want it for Zion? And my thing is, like, does he care? about being great? Does he care that Zion Williamson is not here in Indianapolis right now as an all-star? Like, do Zion Williamson care about this? I think in past years, I wouldn't have been sure how to answer that on national television, but I think I can say with absolute certainty that his actions have demonstrated that he cares. His actions, the work, the consistency. I asked him what he was doing during the break. We talked about five games in seven days that we have coming out of this back-to-back. And we talked about how we have a gap of six games in about 14 or 15 days. Shout out to the schedule gods. We're excited about that. <laughs> but he said, I got treatment in the morning. I have a lift with my stepfather. I got some on-court work. And then I got my tea time schedule. You're talking about a guy that's locked in and understanding that you get your work in first mm-hmm. and then you figure out what's your version of healthy, happy play. Yeah. And for him, it's golf. For him, it's it's his way to get away. But I'm excited about seeing what everybody does. B.I., this is a guy who's been great throughout the year. We've seen what he did in the playoffs two years ago when we got in there. Trey getting into rhythm. JV is always available. Herb. Herb is shooting 40 over 40 from three uh, in his last 70 career games. He's shooting like 50 since December 1st. Um, obviously, I'm still here. I'm still going to do what I do. <laughs> uh, but I think our team is built to succeed as long as we're healthy. And I'm excited to see what happens going forward. Shout out to my guy, Najee Marshall, too, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Playing well. And, and Dyson, I hope you get healthy, man, um, and, and get back out there soon. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing all of that with us, that kind of rare insight into your team. We really appreciate that. And we look forward to your matchup against the, the Timberwolves in the, yeah. <laughs> in the postseason. <laughs> NBA All-Star Weekend, it begins tonight here in Indianapolis. That's with the celebrity game. CJ, you pulling up to that because this should be entertaining. You got Coach Stephen A. Smith oh, goodness. versus Coach Shannon Sharp. Don't worry. We hear that Stephen A.'s ankle is fine. He injured it in practice yesterday. How did the coach injure his ankle? You know what? (laughs) We're going to find out with our coverage. It begins at 7 Eastern from Lucas Oil Stadium. Can't make this up. Coming up, Steph Curry. I mean, he's faced some difficult contests throughout his Hall of Fame career, but is he staring at his biggest challenge yet this weekend? We discuss. That's next.
The NBA created the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Social Justice Champion Award. Abdul-Jabbar has long been committed to using his influence to engage on social issues to promote equality and fight discrimination. And in 2016, Kareem was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom, the nation's highest civilian honor. record for the most points in a three-point competition. Sabrina Ionescu, you bet! I think I got a challenge. Who I got? You know, that's this. Great shooter of all time. I'm pulling for Sabrina. She got the record, man. I got stuff. The greatest ever for a reason. Stuff. Greatest shooter in shooting history. I got the Bay Area's finest Sabrina all day. Better than stuff? Yeah, oh yeah, all day. I love Sabrina, but I've never been against Stephanie's shootout. I said stuff first. I'm going Steph. Yeah, Sabrina, you can shoot, but Mac is the greatest. And stuff how I like disrespect. No, and he, he's an instigator. I'm sure he picked her. So I went Sabrina, but I'm gonna go back to Stella. You know how I like to switch. It's now time for Setting the Pick, brought to you by ESPN Bet, the official sports book of ESPN. And everywhere we go in Indianapolis, people are just buzzing about the three-point contest between Steph and Sabrina. We just got to hear from some of the league's elite who they believe is going to walk away winner. Who you got? I got Steph. I got Steph. I'm sorry. I got Steph. I'm not ever betting against the greatest shooter of all time. I was with Sabrina this morning uh, for the Tech Summit and she looks locked in, she looks focused, she looks ready to go and she is a great shooter in her own right and I would be very surprised if she wins tonight. <laughs> that, was a, that, was a, that was a good preamble there. All right, two taken Steph. I feel like I have to take Serena just to be Sabrina just to be the, the contrarian here. I feel like all three of us can't take Steph Curry, so that's who we have. The question is, who are you picking? Download the ESPN Bet app to get started. New customers can receive $100 in bonus bets once they've placed their first sports There you go. With I was wondering when it was coming Fierce. up. There. there you go. I thought, I didn't know he was a model, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's, he's everywhere. He's an entrepreneur now, CJ. So... I don't know who's going to win the three-point contest tonight, but I do know that all of the All-Stars who are here in Indianapolis, they receive one of these rings here that you can see, Director Kathy. So these rings are being handed out to the 24 players here. And uh, there's 24, 24 stones on this. This is a replica, don't worry. Wow. Victor Solomon designed these rings Ooh, and we get to Victor. exclusively unveil them here on, uh, here on NBA Today. Looking pretty good. Yeah, I might take that one. Yeah, you might, you might take yeah. that, but that's not the only thing that we have here. So I, I got some gifts for you guys here in, in Indianapolis because it is snowing outside. Wait, this one this one might be bigger for, for Perk's head here, right? These are courtesy of Nothing But Knit. So local NBA fans here in Indianapolis, they have spent over 7,000 hours knitting these hats. And folks from the, the, the local women's prison, they actually... Uh, put these pieces on there. So it's really been a community effort to well, get these hats to you guys. Well, guess what, Malik? I huh. appreciate it. But I'm also bringing out some gifts as well. Oh. Yes, oh, my like brother, my OG, Bun B, he delivered trill burgers. Oh. And you know, I'm not bringing anything that you can wear, but I'm going to bring something you can eat. Oh, you want? Trill burgers, the H-Town way. And look, by the oh. way, the trucks are Can out here. Food truck oh, is out here in Indianapolis. Make sure you go get your trill burger. CJ. I need you to try it. Let me hold it, because I didn't have one. Take a bite of it. Well, thank you so very much. That's going to do it for us here on NBA Today. Shout out, Enjoy All-Star Weekend festivities, and we will see you on Monday.